0: Uh, Would you be okay with a automated AI drone flying around your house, getting additional images of your home in case of emergency? No, this is is nuts. It is nuts. This This is absolutely nuts. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech.
1: And this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva.
0: And you're listening to and are watching the Snob OS show, the show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Uh, This is episode 94. We want to thank you for coming back. For all of my Patreon fans, we want to thank you for your support. You were able to join us for the pre-show. You were able to join us for the live taping and you've been able to join us for our conversations via the discord chat. If you want to be a member of the snobbists and get all the access to all the information and all the news that I just mentioned, below little five dollars we will give you action. We'll give you access rather to all of that information, the live taping, the pre-show and. And the discord chat. So without further ado, we're going to get right into the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. And we start with a show or or, um, a topic last week where we mentioned about how users who purchased a Apple watch, either the SE or the six, and they uh, bought the, either the braided loop or the, the sport loop band. That's just a one continuous band. They were having issues with the sizing initially, Apple told them if you want to return it because you got the wrong size, you have to return the whole watch. Well, it looks like Apple has changed course and has decided that maybe that is not a good idea. So (laughs) they have decided that um, Apple has decided to send if you bought a solo loop band, whether it be the braided or the sport one, uh, you they will send you a sport band free of charge. While they sort out how they're going to be able to return the braided loop or the the regular solo loop band. So I'm not sure if it's the skew issue that when Apple sold the Apple watch, you bought the solo loop band. It was all on one skew or how they're going to count it. I still haven't figured out why Apple just you just can't return the regular uh, the, the band back and keep the watch. it has got to be something with the skew. So but to fix that for the time being, Apple's decided, hey, if you are having issues, just bring, just, we're just going to send you a regular sport band while we figure this all out. So I just wanted to get your opinion on what do you think the issue is and do you think this is good enough? Will people be okay with this?
1: Um, I, I think they will be because, you know, initially they, you know, it was like, you just have to return your watch and, and figure it out. But I think they have now kind of thrown themselves on the proverbial sword and realizing that they are going to have to accommodate. It's It will be one thing if, you know, you got the wrong size and it, it's nothing to kind of pop into an Apple store pre-COVID to change things out or go into the store to figure out which is the best fit. And I think it's just one of the other things of COVID. It's just businesses are trying to navigate how to handle their customer interactions in this essentially, you know, online, you know, lack of face-to-face, you know, consumerism. And I think they originally thought they could probably get away with it. And then when they saw the the volume and the amount of people having this issue, they had no choice but to, okay, go back and say, okay, let's let's change this because we don't want to tick off this amount of of customers when it's not just a one-off it's a systematic issue that that we're seeing that people are having
0: okay all right and i did misspoke um because it looks like you know according to the story after before i i recently said that you know you could they would send you a black sport band but it looks like uh, apple has changed the policy a little bit and allow people to actually swap the bands online and also After a phone call. So you actually have to call Apple and get in contact with somebody at Apple in order to do this uh, swap. And they've also recorded. This is a story that we're reading from PC Mag. PC Mag has reported that people have been able to uh, do in-store watch swaps. So if your local Apple store is open amongst the, you know, the whole COVID pandemic, uh, it looks like you can take your solo loop back. And swap it out for the right size. So if you did buy one, uh, all hope is not lost. You actually can just swap out the band, which I mean, <laughs> it's the right thing to do anyway. And seems like right. sens- sensible thing to do, which is surprising why that wasn't just the issue from the jump. Right. All right. Moving on to the next, uh, story, uh, iOS 14.0.1, uh, update for, Apple, um, iPhone and iPad OS is out, but the question is, should you upgrade? Um, people have been experiencing connectivity issues with iOS 14. As a result, Apple released iOS 14.0.1, uh, iOS 14, according to the story in Forbes was one of Apple's most stable generational updates, but it was far from bug free. Now Apple's first iOS 14 update is here with fixes. But how reliable is it? So people were having issues with I'm just going to read down through this story. Uh, They were having issues with uh, connectivity issues, with uh, airplay issues. They're having issues with um, some of the widgets are concerned. So now they've released iOS 14.1 and it seems like iOS 14.0.1 fixed some things. And they broke some other broke things, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? So let me see if I could find this list. So iOS 14.0.1 was supposed to fix an issue that caused the default browser and the mail settings to reset after resetting your iPhone. So if you try to set your default email client to Gmail or try to set your current uh, default browser to Chrome um after you shut down and restart your phone, those went right back up to Safari and Mail, addresses an issue where you could prevent camera previews from displaying on the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus. So after you took a picture, uh you couldn't see those previews. Uh 14.0.1 fixed an issue where you could prevent your iPhone from connecting to Wi-Fi networks, uh resolved an issue that could prevent from sending email uh with some providers, and addressed an issue that could prevent images from appearing in the news widget. So, of course, those are all the things that iOS 14.0.1 was supposed to fix. But the bad news is not all of these are working according to the story. Um, the good news is the Apple, the update does successfully address resetting defaults bug. Uh, um, that was one of the few things that actually worked with iOS 14.0.1. So according to Forbes, the verdict is stay away from iOS 14.0.1. Uh, I must say, you know, I actually updated to iOS 14.0.1. I don't I I guess I'm not as scared because I really haven't had a lot of issues happen mm-hmm. to my phone when I do updates. Uh, of course, I make sure I have my device backed up, which is really backup. Right. Which is probably why I just, you know, throw caution to the wind while updating. But I haven't recognized any of the issues. You know, I'll actually later go through and try to test some of these things that we mentioned in the story, but I haven't seen some of those, I guess. So I guess I wanted to ask, have you updated yet? And will you update?
1: So I was like, let me check to see, because I have mine set to do the automatic update. Right. So it doesn't look like it, it did it. It doesn't look like it did Okay. the automatic update. So it looks like I still have the original iOS 14. Yeah. Okay so that's where they didn't automatically update so all right
0: well for those who have uh 14 and you're experiencing issues uh ios 14.2 is currently in beta so it probably if you don't want to be bothered with all that and don't want to you know wonder what's going to happen to your phone especially if you need it for work or vision critical or any sort of important stuff you may want to wait and just deal with the problems you have because how's that saying go the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? So right. <laughs> you might want to wait and wait till iOS fourteen point two comes out, and then you might want to wait a little bit longer until the blogs and the tech journalists say fourteen iOS fourteen point two is okay. So
1: right, and I think the um, the misconception with a lot of people is that oh my god, this update came out so quick. Typically, when you push software, no software that you push to deployment is going to be 100% when you deploy it. So they were probably already working on this fix Mm -hmm. as this one was deploying. And the, uh, what is it, the 14.2, it was probably already, you know, in the testing phase, in the, you know, internal um, testing phase, you know, before, you know, even this this latest 14.0.1 came out. So it's not that they're coming out quickly. They're actually... You know, on par for course because p- developers are already know what the issues are going to be. It's just a We can go ahead and release the software with this with this issue because it's not a, a P1 or, or critical, you know, issue. So we can go ahead and push it out and know that we have the next update coming in X amount of days that will that will fix it. So a lot of times people are like, oh man, they came up with these so quick or they. You know, they just knew it was going to be so bad. No, that's just a typical development life cycle. It's they they already have the latest versions already in queue being developed as the one that you're currently on is is even being pushed out. So.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll wait to see. Like I said, you may want to hold off. Until everybody gives the go ahead to update. All right. So going on to the next story, uh, this is something I wanted to point out is the MacBook Air on its way out. Uh, Story and Forbes uh, brought up the idea that with the whole Apple Silicon um, uh, Macs coming out with as thin as the current MacBook Pros are, um, is the MacBook Air even necessary uh, you know, one of the reasons between the differentiation differentiation between the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro was the fact that the MacBook Air was thinner. You know, it had that cheese wedge look. Cheese wedge look. To where at the back where the monitor connected to the uh, uh, the base of the computer, it was thick. But then it kind of slimmed down to like razor thin on the front. That kind of gave the MacBook Air its, you know, cachet. That made it look good, made it differentiate. But now since the MacBook Pros are so thin and who knows how thin they'll be with the latest iteration with the um, Apple Silicon Max, I guess the question is. Do we need a MacBook Air, Uh, especially, you know, with the uh, the newer ones will probably be even cheaper now that Apple's making the, you know, processor in-house. So I guess I wanted to ask you, uh, do you think there's still going to be a need for the MacBook Air? And if so, you know, what who's who's targeted? You know, should they make it a cheaper version? Should the MacBook Air be the the MacBook Air SE and it goes specifically to students? What do you think?
1: Honestly, I think it's probably on its way out because traditionally your MacBook Pros were your bigger, clunkier devices that you kind of, that was your, you know, your, your full workshop. And, you know, nobody liked having to look that big thing around, but now that everything is so much more streamlined and everything's thinner and everything's lighter, I think it is, you know, on the process of, of being, you know, phased out, so... I mean it makes sense as as technology grows and as it changes and as what's old is you know what's new is old now um i I think it's really on its way out, especially with the storage um issue with the um the storage drives for the macbook airs um as compared to a traditional um internal hard drive i mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's on the way out. Okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised
0: by it. Yeah. Like I said, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if Apple had like a super inexpensive and what I mean by inexpensive, I don't mean, yeah. I don't mean inexpensive in $200 range, but inexpensive Apple wise Mac, mm-hmm. you know, in the, you know, you've got the Mac mini, but you know, that starts at like six ninety nine. I think, um, I, it'd be nice to have a laptop that started in the $700 range, seven fifty you know, started at it, you know, and so
1: kind of like your Chromebook of
0: Apple, right. But still having the, the functionality of a full laptop to where you've got internal storage options to where if you wanted to, you know, have a more expensive one with bigger storage, bigger processor, bigger, more Ram, then you could do that. Um, but it'd still be an Apple traditional laptop. And it'd be nice to see a MacBook air, you know, be in that, 799 error to start. And then the MacBook pros, you know, start at 1100 or whatever they normally start at. Right. So it'd be nice to see that. But, uh, you know, Apple is enough, is not afraid of pushing people into the future. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Mac air MacBook air is gone in the next two years,
1: they will snatch a product like nobody's business
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and not care how you feel about it.
0: Right. Right. All right. All right. So the uh, the next story I got here, it looks like uh, there should be a lot of people who should be happy about this. And the fact that uh, there may be a new lightning cable, a more durable lightning cable that will come out with the iPhone 12. Again, nothing is substantiated, but it looks like according to Twitter, uh, somebody got a hold of an image of some new braided lightning cables that, you know, if you're familiar with the iPhone cables that come in the box; those things are flimsy. Mm-hmm. You know, you plug it in, plug it out, plug it in, plug it out. The uh, the the connection is already frayed and it's already coming apart. You know, the
1: rubber or silicon or whatever it is around the edge, just you know,
0: right breaks
1: open, starts exposing wires.
0: You know. Right. So it looks like, according to this uh, image on Twitter that I'm showing on the screen now, uh, it looks like somebody got a hold of what is to come in the iPhone 12 and going forward. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, if Apple actually does this, it looks plausible. I don't know who this Mr. Uh, white guy is. Um, he just posted these images and I want to believe him. So that's why <laughs> I put this in the story because, you know, I've got my wife, I've got my daughter, you know, I've got my kids who have multiple iPads, iPhones, and I'm always replacing them because, of course, they're not as meticulous and OCD as me, you know, so those things I I'm frequently on Amazon trying to buy, you know, more durable uh, iPhone cable. So it'd be nice. For these to come out of the box with just a little bit more durability durability. Yes, so
1: definitely <laughs> because I mean, if you see like people complain about these cables all the time, mm-hmm. it's like we're buying all these expensive devices. The least thing is Apple can do is not be cheap on the cables. So definitely. Right. People and, should be happy with that.
0: And this could be a, you know, a um, uh, conciliatory. Is that right? A con- I call it a consolation prize for them taking out the power brick that normally mm-hmm. came with the iPhones, you know, since it's rumored that they'll just come with the cable. Well, it'd be nice if it's just going to come with a cable. Can it come with a nicer cable? A really nice cable. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So I think that is it for the lowdown. Let's move into second string where we talk all things tech. And the first one on the docket is, um, Ring slash Amazon is trying to put a security drone in your house. <laughs> um, Amazon uh, over the, you know, I think earlier this week or late last week announced a bunch of new products. You know, they've got new echoes coming out, new echo dots, new echo shows, all these new products. Of course, Ring is a part of Amazon now and they have released. Uh, let me put it on the screen so you can actually see this. <laughs> this looks crazy. It looks like it's crazy. It looks like a mini. It looks like a camera at on the onset, but then out of the top of this camera looks like a little tiny aerial drone with a camera that can actually go around your home based on a predestined, predetermined um, travel flight path. And actually can get additional images of your home. So if you think of maybe, you know, on a lighter note, you would think maybe your dog has got loose or someplace where, you know, you can't really see him in the camera Well, you can actually activate this drone and it actually can fly around and find your dog, you know, on a more serious emergency level. You know, if the house is on fire or you've got a robber or somebody in the house and they've been able to duck around the actual cameras that they see, well, this camera can actually follow them around. So I just wanted to put this on the show notes and uh, talk about this, you know, um, according to the story in gadget, um, the uh, uh, the founder of ring, Jamie Simonoff, says building the drone was no mean feat, adding that it was a challenge to integrate ring software and hardware teams to pull us off. The blades are shrouded and ring says it's collision avoidance technology is good enough to zoom around tight spaces of your home. In addition, the drone only flies on preordained flight paths, reducing the risk of you driving it into a wall. So I guess the or a ceiling fan or, right? or a ceiling <laughs> fan or out the window. Right. So I guess the questions are, is this something that I'm going to have to control? Is this something that's automatically going to uh, pop up and fly around based on some sort of trigger, you know, like a motion trigger or me actually pressing a button to actually trigger this drone. Or is it something that I'm actually going to have to, uh, fly around using, you know, my iPad or my iPhone VN app? Um, that's one of the things gets the questions I had and, um, there's no necessarily price. I think the, uh, what, well, no, I see it thankfully rings version will only cost $250 when it goes on sale in 2021. So uh, again, those are my questions, you know, is it something I'm going to drive or is it automatic? And I think my question to you is, uh, would you be okay with a automated AI drone flying around your house, getting additional images of your home in case of emergency? No, this is is nuts. nuts. (laughs) This
1: This is absolutely nuts. Like I have some of the same questions you have, like a predetermined flight path. So the robbers now know that they have a predetermined flight path. So wouldn't they just kind of get behind the drone?
0: Well, uh, uh, my assumption would be in my mind, if they're, uh, so let me read this part naturally, always home cam integrates with the wider ring ecosystem and will fly a patrol whenever it's censored. Our sensors are triggered in a way you won't be able to manually control the craft, but you can watch it go about its business on a live feed via the ring app. That way you'll have fair warning. Should somebody wander in your apartment or home when you're out at the grocery store? So to answer your question, I think the whole purpose is to get a image, right? So if okay. I'm a robber or I have somebody that, you know, is trespassing and I see this drone flying around, the first thing I'm gonna try to do is try to swat at it. I'm guessing by then it's too late because they've already got a image of me. So I think that's all it needs. If it's going to be always recording, then it's doing a live stream. All it needs to see is me before I'm (laughs) swatting at the thing. And then it's done its job. Maybe I'm guessing.
1: How do you determine the flight path? Do you like
0: you? I'm pretty sure you have to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Maybe, you know, like, uh, for instance, with, I have Sonos, I'm a fan of Sonos and they have this. You know, a virtual sound stage that I have to take my phone and I have to walk around my house and do this with my arm. And it mm-hmm. kind of has it talks to the microphone in my um smartphone, communicates with the microphone and the speaker, and it kind of does this uh area. That then it uses to fill with sound. So I'm guessing maybe it's something similar to that.
1: Yeah, I would have to walk. It's wa- probably like some kind of geo mapping. Yeah, some sort of geofence. Like when right. When you do like your, if you're, you know, Google Maps is tracking your progress, you should be able to track a route around your house so I get it but it's still just
0: seems
1: <laughs> I mean they're already hacking ring cameras right. the regular ones right? you know I think we talked about it a while back how someone hacked into like the little girl's room
0: mm-hmm. right yeah so, we talked about that before
1: so yeah so while you're trying to prevent robbers you could be very well you know being there letting them
0: fly drones in your so house
1: your, your <laughs> scope, they can what do they call it when you scout like you're trying to figure out whose house to rob.
0: Or yeah, whatever. yeah, scouting reconnaissance.
1: Yeah, you're trying to scout. To who <laughs> this stuff. Let me go rob them. Right. You know? Right.
0: Let me yeah, see. Just, Let me see exactly where you hold your valuables. <laughs> right. So
1: I can go in and out in no time. So yeah, I don't. I guess people are into this. I'm. I don't even have a ring. Doorbell. Doorbell. Right. So, and I thought about getting one
0: and then it was just like, "Mm, I don't know. Well, so I have cameras uh, in my house, but they're only in certain spots to where um, if somebody comes in a window or somebody comes in a door that I don't have a sensor on the camera picks them up, but it's only situated in that particular area. So (laughs) I do have some tilt and pan cameras, but again, they can only see entryways into the house. You know, they can't go up in my bedroom. They can't go in my kid's room. They can't. Move around the house like this thing potentially could, you know. So, again, like you mentioned, of course, to be, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists, you know, the cameras that are only situated to where they can only see certain things, this camera potentially can Go around my entire house, <laughs> so
1: listen. The AI is going to revolt on us at some point,
0: right? And
1: <laughs> not try to give a video board device to revolt against me. On. exactly. <laughs>
0: but this is coming 2021 for $250. So if, yeah. you, if you're interested, <laughs> jump you can on get
1: it, a house drone,
0: right? All right. right, yeah. So, uh, Facebook Messenger in the next story has uh slid into your Instagram DMs, uh, there's a new update from, uh, Facebook who is trying to consolidate the, you know, all the different mobile apps for messaging. They've got Instagram messaging, the DMS and Instagram, they got Facebook messenger, and they've also got WhatsApp. So Insta- Facebook is trying to link them all together. And just recently, uh, Facebook has actually, uh, integrated, um, Facebook Messenger into actual Facebook Messenger. So basically, what that means is, without a Facebook account, if you're in Instagram, you can message people who are your Facebook friends, right? So so you
1: can basically message across
0: cross platform, basically cross platform, without
1: pla- having an account on the other one, right?
0: And the way it so works, so if
1: you have an Instagram but not a Facebook, or if you have a Facebook and not an Instagram, you can still message people on both sides.
0: Exactly, and the way it works on the Instagram side is they've kind of embedded. Facebook Messenger into Instagram. So if you go into your Instagram DMs and you select who you're looking for or you're responding to a message, it'll then open up Facebook Messenger and you'll be able to message that way. So I guess I wanted to ask, is this something that you look forward to to see uh, the crossing? What is it? What do you call it? The uh, what is that popular term in the movies? I am cross-pollinate. so not cross pollinate the crossing of the streams. I can't think it's a Ghostbusters term, uh, but anyway. I digress. Uh, when
1: they're,
0: when they're things from yeah time. yeah. There's a popular phrase I can't think of the name of it. Losing me. If anybody's watching, you know, let me know what is that popular phrase. But anyway, uh, do you look forward to being able to talk to your Facebook people inside of Instagram, or you rather keep them separate?
1: No, because I don't use Messenger anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm but not necessarily Messenger, but message Facebook people. So like, if you're in Instagram and your mom or your aunt or you know somebody who you would typically think would be on Facebook they send you a message would you want to see it in Instagram so you could uh, uh immediately respond or would you rather go and open up Facebook to see that specific message
1: no cuz i don't use messenger anyway so <laughs> i have i have i'm assuming like when i go into like the Facebook app and it pops up and it says you have you know, it gives you like the messages or mm-hmm,
0: whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. I have so many. I don't ever check them.
0: So, <laughs> you don't even check them. All right. Well, I don't even check well, them. You're the wrong and person to ask. <laughs> and even my
1: Instagram uh, DMs, I don't really
0: check them things either. Oh, okay. I have,
1: so I have a couple friends that um, I chat back and forth with on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then I I actively, you know, chat with them. In there sometimes, so I'll respond to them. But then I got a whole other list of messages in my Instagram DMs. that's just unread. Right. I have like a whole bunch of requests that I haven't. I, I don't use that.
0: Well, I could see it being a uh, use because there are so many people that use Instagram, even though it's all Facebook. It, they claim yeah. they're the Instagram people, and they don't mess with Facebook, even though it's all Facebook. So I could see getting a message, you know, I could see it being a use for people who really don't mess with Facebook to still be able to communicate with some of their Facebook people and still feel like I'm still on Instagram. Right. Same thing with uh, WhatsApp. There are a lot of people who use uh, WhatsApp when you go on trips and you travel globally because WhatsApp mm-hmm. is all across the globe. All you need is a data plan. It's not messing with, you know, cellular so on and so forth. So I can see you being on vacation or traveling the globe or whatever you're doing, still being able to communicate with people on WhatsApp, um, while you're still in Instagram, you know, like I said, Instagram is the cool thing, well, that, you know, in
1: that case, then yes. Cause I pretty much use WhatsApp when I travel. Um, so I guess if someone's trying to reach me, I guess. But I mean, I think it's probably for people who use Messenger or DMs, and since I don't use them, I'm just like, because know <laughs> Cause when I when I saw it, I was like, what? I was like, why do you even need this? I was like, if you already got WhatsApp and you already have Messenger, you can already talk to them,
0: right? Why right. do
1: you need this? Well, so that's you... what really confused me when I was reading it, and then when you were kind of laying it out, I was like, oh. I get it because at first I was completely confused. What? Like, I don't know what the point of this is. Right, well but goes, now see what you're saying. Yeah. People who the don't cool- want to have to leave Instagram to right. go and respond to something in Facebook because, you know, pretty much I know in my case I use mostly Facebook for family type of interactions. Right. And I think I may have one aunt who's on Instagram, but I won't follow her and I haven't she follows me. I haven't blocked her yet. I'm letting her, you know, live her life or whatever. But I have a, I could see them if they wanted, if you didn't want to have to go over to Facebook because Facebook is just a hot mess. Being able to talk back and forth if you use messenger like that. So I, I guess I see a use case for it. It's just not for me. Well,
0: it it just goes, like I said, it goes back to the cool kids who just want to be Instagram and don't want to leave Instagram. You can still communicate with people outside of it, even though you know, like I said, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp—it's all Facebook. So even though you right. claim to be, you know, I, I'm, I'm the cool kids with Instagram, it's still Facebook, and you're still. When going... you open
1: up Instagram, it says Instagram from Facebook. Exactly.
0: So <laughs> you know, this is just another way to keep the communications going. All right. So moving on to the next story: um, DHS admits facial recognition photos were hacked. And released on the dark web. So, you know, going into the whole, you know, we are big on facial recognition as it relates to security, as it relates to privacy. So it looks like, according to this story in Vice, uh, traveler spaces, license plates, and care information were hacked from a subcontractor and released on the dark web. So I'll let you, uh, get a little bit into this story and give us the details.
1: So essentially, um, the Border Patrol or DHS said oh, there was no problem, there was no hack last year, but obviously there was. So 180,000 images were stolen from this subcontractor uh, Perceptix. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. And if anybody knows traveling, whether it's by train, plane, you know, automobile, once you cross the border. They are getting your facial, you know, scans. They're storing that biometric data. They're storing, you know, if you're traveling by car, they're getting, they're storing your car information license plates. So essentially of these 104, 184,000 images that were stolen from Department of Homeland, they're saying that only, they're saying at least 19 of them were posted on the dark web. Now, I kind of call foul on that as well because only 19-ish were stolen out of almost 200,000 images. Um, But essentially, they're saying that um, the Border Patrol, Customs and Border Patrol didn't safeguard this data. And already we know data being vulnerable is one thing, but when you're talking biometrics, When you're talking someone stealing your facial scan, um, you know, hackers are very busy, they're very crafty and they're very smart. You just never know what they can do with this type of data. And the fact that it wasn't secure, the fact that it did get out and it did get on the dark web and the fact that essentially DHS weren't you know fully transparent as to as to the breach i think that's the the bigger issue and what are they doing to combat this because i don't think in anywhere in the article they they really say what they're doing to prevent this from happening again but again 185 184,000 you know images were were breached and it's, it's huge, especially now everything pretty much that we do is biometric related as, as far as security. I mean, you use it, you know, now when you go to the airport you don't necessarily even have to, you know, swipe your passport or whatever they, they can read your face and you can, okay, you go on, go ahead and go on the plane because they are tracking everything because it hasn't happened to me, but I know that there are some instances where people go to, you know, board the plane and they are already get the pass to go through because their face is already in the system and it picked them and it, you know, said, okay, this is who this person is. You can go on, go ahead and go through the, through the doors and, and get on the plane. So it's just really scary that this type of data isn't being secured by, you know, these huge governmental, you know, divisions that are supposed to have oversight, that are supposed to have all of the encryption technology to protect its citizens. And the fact that this is happening and they are not being truthful and forthright about breaches, you know, that's a whole nother issue that I think is, is something that, you know, it, it, it can't go unnoticed and it, it can't go unchecked.
0: Right. So the story mentions, you know, more uh, uh, the DHS, which is the Department of Homeland Service uh, database contains a biometric data repository. of More than 250 million people can process more than 300000 biometric transactions per day you know, it is the largest biometric repository in the federal government and DHS shares their repository with the Department of Justice and the Department of Defense. So you got all these big departments all sharing this data and it's just out there. Right. So I guess Mm -hmm. the question is, you know, it's only going to get worse. Well, worse in the sense that we're only going to collect more data. We're not going to stop We're not going to collect any more data and we're not going to get rid of the data we already got. Right. We're only going to collect more data. So with that, you would think there would be more safeguards. But again, technology is faster than government, I guess. I guess it's the takeaway.
1: Yeah. And it's also using subcontractors. Another line in the article that we're reading for Vice, it says, quote, a subcontract working on this effort. Perceptus LLC transferred copies of of CBP's biometric data, such as traveler images to its own company network. So now not only has there been a cyber attack and this data is out there, the subcontractor has also copied images onto their company's network. Is their company network as verbose as the federal government's network. Probably so that not. opens up <laughs> right. That pro- and that opens up another possibility of, of data being not encrypted, um, easily accessible. I mean, you have, you know, who has access to this data from this company? Can they just go in and copy down a version of it? Or, you know, it just leaves so many, you know, questions open and you know. it's not good right oh and it says hold on dhs claims so dhs is saying that the company accessed the data without their knowledge and later quote later in 2019 dhs experienced a major privacy incident as a subcontractors network was subject to a malicious cyber attack so that information that they copied over allegedly without dhs's you know knowledge it was that network actually was hacked
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: god knows where it is now right
0: right so hopefully they get that fixed because like i said uh we're only going to collect more data you know people we're going to we're only going to rely on technology more so you know hopefully they you know do right and Get these safeguards in place because it's only going to get worse, right? Right. <laughs> all right. All right. So that is it for. Wait, one more thing. Oh, is
1: there this one thing? Yeah, it's um, it kind of relates. Oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah, this. yeah. I did miss that, right? Um, so Amazon is basically piloting a program in their stores in Seattle where you can pay for your purchases in the Amazon store with just your palm print. Again, talking about biometrics, again, talking about how they are stored. So essentially, when you come into the store, you can put your card in, um, they read your palm print, and then it's stored in their database. You go, you pick up your items, you do your shopping, and when you get ready to leave, you just swipe your handprint, your palm print over you know the scanner, and that's how you pay for your items and you leave the store. So it's reducing the amount of interaction that you have to have with people. But then that convenience also opens up, you know, broader issues. And the fact that Amazon has already rolled this out in um, their Seattle stores, they are planning to roll it out to the rest of their chain of stores, which are about just over 20. And the goal is to eventually sell this technology to third parties. So again, it sounds cool, you know, it's convenient, but again, they are just collecting even more biometric data. And who knows what people will be able to do with this type of data. I mean, we've all seen, you know, the sci-fi shows where, you know, you can print a handprint Mm -hmm. and cover yours or Mm -hmm. put on like, you know, face
0: mask like take somebody's out. fingerprints off and put them on the tip of yours, and right. take somebody's right. eyeball out, and <laughs> there's a whole lot of right. stuff going on, right? <laughs> and it's
1: very similar to you know how Apple uses Face ID or mm-hmm. you can use Touch ID, right. but the difference is we every we all know how locked down the Apple data is, so that le- that gives you some you know level of security. My question is you know, with Amazon, how are they storing this data? Is it secure? Is it locked down? Right. If they have it locked down, that's great. But their, their ultimate goal is to sell this to third parties. Are third parties going to have the same type of robustness when it comes to security and encryption? You just don't know.
0: Right. Right. You don't know. And you know, the fact that Ring shares data with police enforce law enforcement, you know, uh, Ring is more For example, when I say ring, I mean, Amazon, right? Because we're talking about these Amazon stores. If Amazon and ring are linked together and ring is, you know, giving, sharing data with law enforcement, if they are more willing than like an apple to work with the federal government, when it comes to subpoena, 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 is that a word? Subpoena
1: you? Oh, no, it is. Said. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> to requesting subpoenas to get data from Ring, and they're more susceptible to giving up that data, then, you know, again, it's a rabbit hole. Again, you know, we're being conspiracy theorists, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities that the more data they collect, the more data they try to use for our benefit, could then turn into something not so uh, good for us as a whole. So.
1: Right, because your biometric data isn't going to change. Your handprint is your handprint. Right. Your face is your face. Right. And they have this type of data stored. So again, 10, 15 years from now, who knows what type of technology we'll have and what type of capability we'll have to to use this type of data. So. All
0: right. All right. So, yeah, uh, stay tuned for that. You know, be get all, like we always say, you know, be conscious of your data, be conscious where it's going. And, you know, you do have the option. You know, it may feel like, you know, we're all stuck and we've got to give up all this information to get all these benefits, but you can say no. <laughs> we'll see how you, can't say no. you see how, how, how. Well, off you are when you can't do nothing without technology, but you'll be one of those people to where when Skynet starts, they won't be they won't be looking for you because your data won't be out there. But I don't think nobody's going to say no. So, no. (laughs) All right. All right.
1: It's too much.
0: Right. Right. All right. So that is it for real this time for second string. Uh, We're going to roll right into the hookup. Uh, if you are part of the Patreon group, you did get some conversation that we were talking about as it relates to the debates, as it relates to uh, the Falcon stinking, as it relates to, you know, the uh, Breonna Taylor case and all those things. We talked about that in the pre-show. So if you want to get uh privy to that, definitely join the Patreons, but we're going to skip over that and go right into the hookup um, one of the cool things out of iOS 14 is the app clips. Uh, they talked about it at WWDC. They talked about it again at the iOS, um, iOS 14 announcement, but we really haven't seen that much. Uh, so I did some digging and actually was able to find a business that uses app clips. For those who don't know, app clips are like many apps that you can do things like pay for transactions, you know, reserve, uh, tables, you know, you can reserve electric scooters or hail a ride without actually having to download the full-fledged app, creating an account, doing all those things just to take advantage of a service for one time, right? So Apple's answer to that is just use an app clip. So again, not a lot of businesses are using it. So I did find Panera Bread. So if you will, you know, everybody follow along to wait. The way to preview an app clip is... You will open up Apple Maps, so you would open Apple Maps and then you would do a search for Panera Bread near me. So you put in Panera Bread, you find the one nearest you. Once you click on that Panera Bread nearest you, you'll get the option to get directions to the Panera Bread or you'll see an option to say order food now or place order now. Once you click that place order now, it'll pop up the app clip and say, hey, Panera Bread, you know, app clips and and so forth open the app clip or download the full app. If you ignore the download the full app and just click the, you know, open app clip, it'll open up the Panera bread menu. Like a short menu. It's not the full fledged menu. You don't get all the options. You know, it'll give you a broken down real short menu to where you can open a majority of the food. Even though it's a short menu, you can order a majority of the things. So I actually did this as a test. Uh, I went through, ordered a sandwich, You know, I added, you know, the chips to it. You know, I added the drink, did all of this within this app clip. Still, I haven't downloaded the Panera Bread app. You know, I haven't entered any extra additional information outside of my order. Once you go through and order everything, everything looks good. You select how you want to pick it up. Do you want to pick it up curbside or do you want to actually go into the store? Once you make all of those selections, then you use Apple Pay to actually make the purchase. And the cool thing about this is you don't have to enter your name You don't have to enter your address you don't have to enter your credit card information you don't have to choose how you want to pay you just click apple pay select whatever credit card you already have registered with apple pay make the purchase boom that's it again you didn't have to download the panera bread app you didn't have to jump through all those hoops you know of doing like going to panera bread's website for their mobile friendly site that still isn't truly mobile friendly this app clip just really quickly gives you relevant information and they, in order for you to make a quick transaction. Like I said, in my case, I ordered a sandwich for Panera bread, but think of like paying for parking. Like you go down into the city and you want to pay park, f- mobile. We're at park, park mobile will have a app clip to where instead of you having to download the app, waiting for it to open, go through all that. You scan your, the, the barcode on the little meter thing. It pops up the app clip. You put your zone number, you put in your license plate number, pay with for Apple Pay, go on about your business, right? So again, you know, some of these things that we do, not all the time to where we don't need a full app, you know, it's convenient to actually use these app clips. So I put that in there because I'm interested to see all the different businesses and retailers will finally actually use something like this. Because again, I don't need an app every time to pay for parking when I'm barely downtown, especially with COVID. I ain't been downtown in like eight months. Right. But eventually when we go back to start to go to events, you know, whatever the case may be, I don't need to whip out the full app or I don't have to download the full app to actually take, um, take advantage. Like for instance, another example is, uh, the electric scooters, right? You know, there's five, eight, 12 different brands of the scooters down there and I got to keep an app, all those different apps just to use it. no, Right. I can use the app clip, Whichever bird or lime or all the other ones, if they, if they use them, I can just pull up that app clip, pay for my ride going about my business. So that's what I wanted to do for the hookup, you know, definitely use it. Try to try to do a preview with a Panera Bread app. Let me know how you like it. And if you can see that benefit for other apps that you hardly ever use. Right.
1: Yep. And I think a lot of apps are coming online. I mean, I have to do so many updates Almost like every day I uh, check at night and let them run while I sleep and then I wake up in the morning and then there's more apps being updated. So right. I think people are slowly coming online with integrating with iOS 14 to, to get their apps you know, usable with the, with the new, they can,
0: they can still get the business. They still can track the numbers and still track the transactions. And on our end, we don't have to download another app or (laughs) you can be like my lovely wife and (laughs) just don't even down, just don't even download the updates. (laughs) so maybe maybe the app clips would be a good thing for her to where i can go yank all those apps off of there so she can't complain about all the different apps not working Mm -hmm. because she don't update the apps so (laughs) (laughs) all right all right other than that uh i think that is it for this week we definitely thank you all for joining us uh, if you want more information, you can download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, if you want to engage with us on social, we're at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at cast uh, You can now watch us on YouTube at snob OS Cast. be sure to like the video subscribe do all the youtube things definitely want to thank my wife and my son tj my wife sent me a message to say hey tj's watching you got to say hey to tj so if you're still watching buddy hey daddy's on tv <laughs> and they're able to do that right they're able to do that via youtube so if you want to be like my three-year-old you can watch us on youtube uh, if you want to leave comments and suggestions, we're on the web at snobOScast.com. Or if you want to shoot us an email, we're at snobOScast at gmail.com. Finally, 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 we want to thank all our Patreons. If you want to support the show, if you want to get access to additional content like the pre-show, the live show taping, and be a part of our community in Discord for little as $5 a month, you can be one of our Patreons. Definitely do that. We're at patreon.com forward slash snob OS cast. so other than that we want to thank you for another week uh, I think we kind of kept it this sh- week this short because last week was bad long so we, we, yeah, so we kept this one short you know so we want to thank y'all for joining and until next week we are out peace Bye.